It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Now, a show for anyone who is or has a boss. This is The Boss Show with Jim Hessler and Steve Matenko. Today on The Boss Show, Leading Beyond Ego, Part 2. Leading Beyond Ego, the single most important leadership capacity from my humble perspective. I'm Steve Matenko. I'm the psychology guy. I'm a Harvard-educated leadership coach, and I do uh, leadership development with teams of managers along with my friend across the table. And I'm Jim Hessler. I'm the business guy. I am not Harvard-educated. Um, and everybody knows it. And everybody knows it, and you can tell. You just even just listening to us. So uh, I'm the founder of Path Forward Leadership Development, along with Steve. I wrote a book called Land on Your Feet, Not on Your Face, and. Uh, Nice to be with you as always. Nice to be with you as always yeah. too. It's fun to do this uh, the the event that we just did. We uh, addressed a group of HR people, hundred and yeah, hundred and twenty people, so. yeah. um, and uh, just did a questions from the hat thing where we asked them what's their most perplexing question in the workplace, and uh, they came up with some some really good stuff. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting you you, you say that because I think your topic today uh, it's the second part of this topic is uh, you know, leading beyond ego. I think it takes um, a certain suspension of ego to be able to to get up in front of a group and just start up a conversation without necessarily knowing what's going to happen. You know that's what we did. We just literally did not have a presentation. We did not have a script, and we just grabbed a couple of microphones and we let people do questions from the hat. And I I, I think you. You have to let go of your sense of control and ego and perfectionism when, and perfectionism when yeah. you enter into that sort of an environment. And I, I think that's why a lot of business managers and leaders don't just get into open-ended conversations with their people because they can't control what's yeah. going to happen when they do that. Yeah, and quite often they've gotten promoted because they... Uh, they because exercise, they're so good at they control. exercise yeah. control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it takes a takes some self trust. Yeah, which I think is uh, also a foundation of this notion of leading beyond mm-hmm. ego. It takes some the trust that whatever happens, not that the not that the right thing will happen or that everything will turn out all right. It's not that kind of trust. It's the trust that whatever happens, I have the capacity to respond to it. We. And, we, yeah, we right. have the capacity. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, clearly Both. a we in there, yeah. but yeah. but there's also I, you know the fear is not so much about what we uh, will do, I think, but or won't do, but what I you know whether do I have what it takes to if I don't control things uh, to to respond effectively to whatever comes along yeah, with so challenges. That's kind of an interesting litmus test for whether you're leading beyond ego. I think is is to ask yourself, how often am I willing to put myself in a situation where I'm not in control or where I can't predict the outcome? Yeah, and one of the the kind of foundational... Um, practices of leading beyond ego is taking risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, you don't want to take stupid risks, but you want to take bold and appropriate risks, and um, a- and trust that without control, you and your team will still be able to get uh, to respond uh, appropriately. Yep, like so, I want to explore today. In in part one, we talked a lot about what ego is and and how it impacts the workplace in negative ways. And we want to focus today's part two more on what does it look like to lead beyond ego? What is that? What does a team look like when people drop their egos and choose to to um, to in to create their intentions and their interactions and their behavior from a higher place? However, they define a higher place. Unintentionally, I think I just kind of described one of those outcomes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what if what if everyone 
accepted feedback gracefully? What if, um, what if people didn't bicker with each other when, they, when, when their perspectives differ? What if everyone were able to speak their truth to the boss, not, again, not in aggressive or stupid ways, but in ways that are based in some higher purpose? Um, what if all the obstacles to truthful and open co- uh, communication disappeared? This mm. is the kind of thing that, that I have a vision for in this kind of beyond ego workplace. It's funny as you say that it sounds absolutely enthralling in one sense and also a little scary in the other sense. Well, sure. Again, it's, you know, back to the idea of risk. Um, We, uh, our egos exist in order to protect us. Our ego's sole purpose as we're defining ego, which is that self-protective mechanism, that survival orientation, not the Freudian kind of healthy ego idea, exists to protect us. What if it weren't there and what if we chose to take appropriate risks? We're in part two of what we're calling Leading Beyond Ego. And by the way, that is the title of a leadership development program, a nine-week online course that I'm creating uh, separate from the work that Jim and I to do together. And if they want to contact you about that, Steve, how would somebody contact well, you? Well, uh, go that? to leadingbeyondego.com mm-hmm. and you can see our offering and there's an email address there that you can write to to, to uh, contact me slash us if you have questions. Again, a night and week course that'll flesh out all the ideas and give you some tools and practices that we're talking about today and talked about last week in part one of Leading Beyond Ego. So, again, just to be very clear, uh, we said this in part one. You might want to get it from Stitcher, iTunes, or our website, thebossshow.com. But um, we're not talking about the psychotherapeutic definition of ego here. We're not talking about the kind of strong, healthy ego. We're talking about kind of the street sense of ego, like he has an enormous ego or she has a fragile ego. It's the, those pieces of our uh, of our need for to kind of protect ourselves, to keep um, our fears uh, abated that um, that get in the way because what they do they get in the way of effectiveness and really fulfillment both for us and our teams because what those those self protective mechanisms do in addition to guarding our survival which is important um, but w- what they also do is they distort reality because we tend to get very focused on threats. Um, even if it's just subconsciously. I apologize uh, if I'm misquoting, but I remember you saying once something like all ne- negative human behavior is somehow rooted in fear. I believe that to be true, yeah. 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 Um, the, and and you When know, we're acting out, when we're not our best, when we're um, in conflict with another person, mm-hmm. look for the fear that's driving that. I think yeah. it's a great, a great self-management question. And I think some some people tend to think, well, you know, there's anger too. Um, but I believe that anger, especially egoic anger, is still based in fear. Well, there's, there's a, always something you're lashing out, out against to protect yourself. Yeah. And what they found is um, it, what, what drives a lot of negative behavior in humanity in general, but I think especially in the workplace, is the fear of loss of status. It's not even fear of loss of income or anything else. It's it's this, this sense that I'm losing stature or status with other people. And that's like a really primal fear that yeah. human beings tend to have. And, and you're asking them, asking us in a sense to, to move past that. Yeah. To it, recognize it. We can't 
eliminate it, but it's you can't it eliminate it. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. can't eliminate it, but you can put it in the passenger seat mm-hmm. because you don't really need it much of the time. Mm-hmm. And when you need it, you need it. At the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need survival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if your survival is threatened, then your ego is really useful. But in most of our interactions day to day in the workplace, our survival is not threatened. But we have this programming inside us that is saying to us subconsciously when somebody criticizes us, when somebody treats us unfairly, that our survival is threatened. So if we recognize that that's not really going on, we can choose to operate from a different place. So I I think, you know, largely under your influence, I've tried, I think, very specifically over in recent years to move past my own ego. And I think there's a there's an interesting challenge in that. I hope I'm not throwing you off your your show plans here too much, but there's an interesting challenge. On it doesn't that. matter. My, if I'm attached to my show plans, it's go. all ego. There you go. Um, is I this question of um, how much should I worry about what other people think about me? And you know, on one hand, I know we teach people to to be concerned about that. You should know how other people feel about you because it it's a reflection of how you're showing up in the world and the kind of person you are. On the other hand, there's a, a way to be uh, obsessed about that in an unhealthy way. Yeah, I think it really depends on the reason that you're concerned about what other people think. If you're concerned about what other people think because you realize that's critical information for you to be as effective as possible, to be as um, mission, uh, you know, to to maximize your own potential, to to realize the mission of your organization or team, then then that's that's from a, that's a beyond. That's a good reason place. to be concerned. Yeah. So the one thing that if you keep in mind facilitates the shift to leading from a place beyond ego, however you define that. If you're, as I said in part one, if you're Christian, you might define that as what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Buddhist, you might define it in terms of the eightfold path. If you're an atheist, you might simply be talking about what serves the common good. And we can put those small egoic desires aside if we can, if we can especially do this one thing, and that is recognize that it's not your ego. It's the human condition. So um, it's what we are programmed to do to protect ourselves. It's what we are programmed to do to um, to want to control our environment. Now, the ego shows up differently in each of us. The, the ego shows up uniquely in you, but it's based on some very common human condition sorts of issues. So if you understand that it's just when your ego screams, when other people's egos are screaming, when when you get frustrated, when they get angry, when people get into conflict, if you can understand that it's just the being human, the challenges of being human that's yeah. working through them, then you can kind of stop blaming yourself so much about it and you can say, okay, this is what we humans do and now I'm going to choose instead of dwelling on this, these uh, you know, nasty emotions, I can choose to operate from that place that I see as the higher place. Yeah, you're taking us down a pretty existential path here, my psychology guy friend. And because I think, you know, we all... I'm not sure we can go through life without um, uh, an image of ourselves or a, a a a thought of of who we are and who we aspire to be and our, our vision for ourselves. And so we we kind of carry that with us. I think is so. It's in not- every situation. It's like who am I and and what? How is that person that I I think I am 
supposed to react or show up in this situation. And right. It's different than what you're saying, I guess. Yeah, well, and I'm not arguing that we should not do that. Mm-hmm. The question is, where does that come from? Does it come from, you know, does the who am I, I mean, who, I mean, it's, it's a critical question to ask. Who am I? Mm-hmm. And if the answer to that question is, I'm a person who needs to protect myself, and um, all this happens at a subconscious level for most of us. We're not aware of how our ego controls us. We're not aware of how our, others' egos control them. We just see bad behaviors, and we tend to ascribe bad intentions. But the who am I question is important because if the answer is, I am a person who is here to you know serve humanity. I am a person who is here to uh, have to, to make deep connections with people, nature, whatever, I'm a person who is here to contribute in some way, then you, if you focus on that, if that's what you're paying attention to, then your actions are more likely to, to, to come from that place. The problem is that we get hooked, we get triggered, emotionally triggered, and we feel like we need to protect ourselves. Right. Well, if that self-protection is uh, the identity, is our identity, that's where all the problems Right. Are. So if something happens that challenges our, our, our self-identity, that can be very disturbing. Right. You know? And so then we have a choice. And at that point, we can choose to notice that our, that our desired e- response is ego-driven or survival-oriented, fear-based, or we can choose to say, yeah, I'm having this emotion. That egoic voice is the voice in my head. It's not me. It's just the voice in my head. And I can choose to direct my behavior from a different motivation. This is the place where I live. This is the this is the conversation that's in, in my it's down head. a dark street, with <laughs> pretty much twenty four seven. With gremlins with jumping out of the woods, big old you? cobblestones <laughs> that yeah. you can trip over, vines that wrap themselves around you. <laughs> it's my own version of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, so let's get practical about this notion of beyond ego. And uh, I, I think some of you listening to this may see it as pie in the sky. I don't. Um, this is this is the these are the concepts that kind of drive uh, my entire life, my personal development, my spiritual development, uh, my leadership development. You have all experienced beyond ego. Your child is in trouble, or um, your you know your mother is sick, and you experience a level of motivation that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. There is no part of your motivation in that moment when you're trying to uh, truly take care of someone in need that is about what's in it for me mm-hmm. or what is the what is the potential threat in this situation. You do what you need to do in service of what you would consider some higher good. And there's also a situation where, like, when you're really deeply when you're really engaged at work or or maybe in a hobby and you lose track of time and you're not there's no part of you that's thinking um, wow uh, people will think I'm wonderful or or the opposite people will think I'm terrible it's just oh this is I'm just kind of operating on all cylinders and my attention is somewhere completely other than yeah, me I, and the creativity is just moving yeah I mean I me. did, I'm a classically trained pianist and I could go the rest of my life and never perform for somebody else and still feel deeply, deeply satisfied with my musical life. Mm -hmm. I do not have to play for other people for that to be a tremendously meaningful experience. And it is truly losing myself. I I have almost no sense of my own body or, 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 or human presence when I'm playing a really advanced and difficult piece of music. There's something otherworldly 
about that sort of experience. It's yeah. a, it's a it's beyond ego experience. And you'd think it'd be a very egoic experience because frankly I'm really good. And and so if I was playing from ego, I don't think I would play as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I bet that's true for all musicians. If you're focused on how good everyone will think you are or uh, what mistakes they'll notice. You lose the music. You lose the music. Exactly. You lose the music. You lose the connection. Mm -hmm. You lose the engagement. So what... So, uh, you know, this is easy to say when things are going well. Um, but what what about when someone criticizes you or when you feel like you've been treated unfairly in the workplace? How can you take that beyond ego experience that you know from that hobby that Jim, for example, stated so eloquently um, or or when you're taking care of someone in need? How do you take that? that beyond ego experience and apply it to a challenging situation, again, especially at work, where anger comes up or frustration or resentment or or victimhood? And how do you make it so that you are aware of the anxiety and the stress that you're feeling? Because those things will continue to happen. I'm not suggesting that you will, you know, magically free yourself of anxiety and stress. But how do you take that anxiety and stress and um, and and put it aside in the service of something higher. Yeah, and that in the business world, that higher is is typically the organization and the other people who work in it. So it's and a, your customers. Yeah, so it's about mm-hmm. what you're paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And when you're emotionally hijacked, it's hard not to pay attention to the emotions that are flooding your system. And while we would neither Jim nor I would say that you ought to deny your emotions. Um, I, I think we would both agree that you can take that strong negative emotional reaction, realize, okay, this is what humans do. This is what has been. This is what um, the survival orientation has created. Um, you know, warts and all. And I can choose to experience that emotion, but come, but but uh, direct my behavior to a higher place. And so it's about paying attention to that higher place. It's about seeing the possibility of what could happen if you chose to lead a beyond ego life. What I'm hearing, and maybe I can just check this with you, we don't want people to think that we're asking them to back away from their power, their strength, their influence, uh, their ability to make things happen. Um, what we are asking people to do is is to do that, all of that, in in service and intention of, of something other than serving ourselves or our own needs, right? I mean, if we exercise all the power in the world and all the influence, we can have a... We, we can be very strong individually in the way we show up with other people and be very persuasive um, in a way that might seem egotistic if it was coming from another intention, but isn't egocentric if it's brought to the to bear in the service of something that's good and true and spiritual. Yeah, and the phrase you like to use, I'm in violent agreement with you. Okay. <laughs> and, and in fact... Ego, I think, as often takes the form of shrinking, contracting, as it does be out of fear, Mm -hmm. right? Survival orientation, as it does the more common conception of ego, which is arrogance. So 
Um, so what happens when you adopt a beyond ego stance where you put your own little worries and, and, and desires that are all about self-protection aside is that your power grows. Yeah. Your strength grows. Your influence grows. Your ability to serve grows. You're going to take more risks because you, are, you have something to take risks for that you have passion about and that passion is aligned with the evolution of consciousness because it's about connecting with others and with life. And I think and, that's why the name of your program is so wise. Because um, moving beyond ego, it promises us something greater and bigger and, and more meaningful and more powerful moving beyond that. It's not a shrinking. It's not a pulling away or becoming less of something. It's becoming much more of something because we're not hindered by this fear. Yeah, very well said. So what is a beyond ego workplace look like? Well, as you mentioned, Jim, uh, starts with intention. So my career is about my service to the whole. It's not about just me climbing the ladder. Um, what's best for the mission is, assuming the mission is a positive mission, is what concerns me the most. And from that place, our conversations become much more honest. Because mm. I'm not so worried about what other people will think, because I'm not just looking out for me, and I'm not going to be accused of being, at least not accurately, <laughs> of being uh, um, selfish or just looking out for myself. That's not in my, in my intentions at, at this moment. So if I'm really out for what best serves the mission, what best serves all our stakeholders in our organization, then I'm going to be more willing to speak the truth. And I'm going to also be more willing to accept feedback. I mean, this is where ego shows up enormously, right? You all know this is when um, people get feedback that they don't want to hear. But what it's if It's our I'm, ego that doesn't want to hear it. Exactly. Right, yeah. But um, but my, the, the beyond ego place in me wants to hear that feedback mm -hmm. because I want to get better. I want my ability to serve whatever I'm here to serve. I want it to get better. And I can only do that if I get um, honest feedback. So will it hurt me? Yeah. Will that hurt drive my behavior? Not anymore. Yeah. Because it, those tough lessons, if they're in service to others, are essential. Right. And so, um, and so decisions, because bold and honest conversations are happening, and because everybody on the team's uh, intentions are pure, then decisions are more grounded in the things they should be grounded in. This is the end of a two-parter on what I call Leading Beyond Ego, which is also coincidentally the title of a non-week, nine-week online course that I'm putting together with a small group of, uh, of uh, compatriots. And if you're interested in this topic, if you kind of share the vision of what's possible in your what could be possible in your organization if everybody set their ego in the passenger seat and chose to operate from a higher place um, and derived all the benefits that we've been talking about in the show you might be interested in the course the leading beyond ego uh, course. Go to leadingbeyondego.com. We launched the course on March 4th. We have a couple of uh, webinar overview webinars ahead of time. And um, we would love to have you join us on this, on this journey, this inquiry into Beyond Ego Workplace. The Boss Show is produced by Path Forward Leadership and our sound engineer is Kevin Dodrell. If you missed any of the show, you can get it in its entirety online at thebossshow.com. It's also where you can go to subscribe to our podcast or to contact us. And thanks for listening. And don't forget Get rule, rule number, number six. six.